It's time for What's Up with Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern. Morena, Prime Minister, how are you today? Morena, not too bad, how are you? Good. Let's talk about vaccine passes to start us yeah. off. We have seen them phased out this week, in fact just a day ago really, and uh, that's been met with mixed responses from the business community, the disability community uh, in particular. Some of the critics are saying this looks like a move away from a collective pandemic response to uh, an emphasis on individual responsibility. What would you say to that? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, when you think about our response over the past two and a half years, we've always called on one another to do our bit to look after each other. In fact, vaccine passes have only been with us through the response for about four months. So they definitely, I don't think, are emblematic of our whole response as a whole, where we've always called on the collective. Probably, Rachel, the biggest example of that going forward still is mask use. The reason we moved away from requiring vaccine passes, and I use the word requiring because um, venues or events can still choose to use them if they wish. The reason we moved away from them was simply uh, the evidence and all of the views of our experts was that they were less likely to make a material difference at this point. And that was the most important thing. So that was the deciding factor, nothing else that they were no longer making that difference that we needed necessarily. Masks, things like that, do. And so that is a way of showing that ongoing collectivism in this in, in this pandemic. Should the vaccine pass have incorporated the booster shot as well? And would it be more useful now still if it did have that third vaccine involved? Yeah, and so, uh, of course, we've said that we're going to still hang on to the vaccine passes so they will still exist and they can still be used. And we will make sure that they're therefore updated. Um, so they're due to expire in May, June. So we're working to make sure that they can then be updated to include um, to include boosters. Um, but keeping in mind, again, that the reason we made that call was simply because that, that evidence base around their use. We, we, we incorporated them coming out of Delta, you'll remember, and the evidence there was that actually if you were vaccinated, the transmission risk was dramatically decreased and um, uh, also just uh, everything, symptomatic infection and so on, all markedly reduced as a result of vaccination. And so it was also a way of making sure that unvaccinated people were safe and away from those high-risk areas if they were choosing not to be vaccinated. The dynamic around um, for New Zealand Omicron now, um, a big change in the way that vaccines are impacting um, the virus and so ultimately it, it was the call that they were no longer the, the game changer they were before. Now a lot of the music industry is looking forward to when we shift to orange, obviously when it's safe to shift to orange, but there yeah. is a bit of concern about how to reassure audiences that they are going to be safe in venues and at larger events, particularly when we're seeing changes around things like the, the vaccine pass. Can we expect further guidance from the government when we do move to orange and perhaps some changes to what it looks like? Yeah, and this is where actually if everyone just thought that everything was safe and fine and nothing more would need to be done if you just had a vaccine pass, that wouldn't be right either. Um, and so this is where us making sure that we're giving really strong and good guidance to events and venues um, so that they can run events that they can then share with patrons are going to be a safe place to be. And so two, two things. The reason that we really considered before we moved to Orange is that is a signal that we consider that cases and the impact on hospitalisations is decreasing. And so it is safer to go out and do those larger scale events. And we hope that means then when we do that, people are more likely to come out. Um, the second thing is that we've, uh, you might recall when we made changes to the 
traffic light system, we said one of the things that for Orange was that we were going to really encourage larger events, so over 500 people indoors, to think about creating extra space in those venues and to think about the, um, potentially using seating more often. So giving out that guidance on how to run events um, safely. Now for but in some, the meantime, some of, of the course, venues, everyone can hold them outside. Yes, well, some of the venues, though, are, are concerned about what that's going to mean for them. You know, they can't make their rooms it's, bigger. What, no, what support's no, going to be there to, to help them through that guidance. transition? It's guidance to take into account the difference in these venues. So there'll be, for instance, if you're a, you know, if you're a 500 or less, actually just by default, by the size of what you, your capacity, that changes up the, the guidance that would be given. Um, uh, some of the larger scale venues do have the ability to use seating or take them out. This is a way of just saying actually using seating is a good idea in those circumstances. Well, let's so talk- being... No, no, Being really pragmatic. Mm. No, let's talk about the situation in Ukraine at the moment because it is—it's mm. pretty shocking what we're seeing coming out of there right now. Uh, but we are also seeing some pretty shocking disinformation come out on social media yeah. through the Russian embassies. Now, what action can our government, can your government, be taking against uh, Russia when we are seeing this disinformation on social media? This, the disinformation that we're seeing is not just coming from those sources. And so we see that it is um, that it, multiple sources are distributing disinformation around the war in Ukraine. One of the most effective things we can do is actually just highlight to people that they will see it and acknowledge that it's there and make sure in advance they know that that is what is happening. That is one of the most effective things we can do. And so, uh, you know, keep sharing that, that really that, that public service announcement. You will see in this campaign disinformation what is um, what is true is that we are seeing evidence of war crimes in Ukraine, um, that now over 39 uh, uh, parties um, to the International Criminal Court uh, have now referred um, that evidence um, to the International Criminal Court. New Zealand is one of them. We are also financially supporting the court to investigate um, uh, into the war crimes that, that, uh, that we're seeing evidence of. And what further action are we taking as a country to support Ukraine at the moment? And it will be rolling. Um, you'll hear, uh, so this week um, we announced a second tranche of sanctions. Uh, we also scheduled this week um, to talk a bit more about uh, 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 additional uh, economic efforts that we, can, that we can make to put pressure on Russia. Uh, on a rolling basis, we're also considering the further aid um, that we can provide into the region. Uh, and, of course, we continue to issue visas to um, family members of uh, those from Ukraine who are already here in New Zealand. So we're constantly reviewing what we can continue to do. Well, bringing it back to Aotearoa at the moment, we have seen some changes in the last week uh, to the benefit, a little bit of a boost in the benefit for student allowance and superannuation. Now, how do these changes um, that the government's uh, put in place this week compare to what the opposition's calling for when it comes to tax cuts? On a weekly breakdown, what are we looking at here? Yeah, well, firstly, um, obviously the changes that we've made to um, things like the benefit, uh, so increases there obviously now significant um, relative to even the past 40 years. Um, the increases we've made to student allowance, um, orphans benefit, family tax credit. So none of that would uh, occur under the opposition's proposal. Their proposal are tax bracket adjustments. Now by default, any adjustments of that nature, and also they've said they want to cancel the top tax bracket. So that means anyone over $180,000 would get quite a 
um, a, a, a big uh, um, uh, would, it, would get a much more significant amount than others. So in comparison, for instance, to what we've done and what the opposition have proposed, uh, the leader of the opposition would get in the order of $8,000 across the course of a year. Uh, someone who is on uh, an income of, say, $40,000, $45,000 would get $2 a week. And so that's why instead of tax bracket adjustments, which are very, very costly, we've chosen to uh, use working families, which reaches 60% of our families, to give an increase through the family tax credit, which is much more meaningful on average, about 20 bucks a week. Now, some of the advocacy services are calling this a good start. Are we going sure. to see in the May budget any conversation or funding around uh, something like universal basic services, things like dentistry, transport, housing, stuff that we know to be absolutely fundamental yeah. to living? Is the May budget going to address this? We've already said, and and you'll know you'll know I won't I won't go too far on speculating about the budget. But the two things that we've been really clear on is that this budget will have a very big health focus, because we're going through these health reforms, and, and everyone can see that we've we've got a health system that has been um, that has been struggling over over a number of years now that we are trying to make sure is really is well supported. Um, but the other issue that we've said we know we need to focus on is is climate change. Our economy is just going to continue to take climate-related hits. We need to make sure that we're more resilient, otherwise we're going to feel the pain of that going forward. And we've got to do that alongside all of the other demands that New Zealand has calling on it right now. So there's a lot to do, um, but I'd like to think that you've seen that we've made changes all the way through to try and support New Zealanders um, in every budget as well. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning, Prime Minister. It's always great to have you on the show. Have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you in a few weeks' time. Thanks so much. Same to you. Ka kite. Ka kite. That was What's Up with Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern.